Hello, Danhausen here. Danhausen here to tell you to listen to the Rough House podcast, hosted by Christoph and Marty Housing. Christoph Housing, yes, very good. You both got the housing in there. Anyways, have a nice time. Love that Danhausen. Listen to this podcast. It's very nice, very evil. The Rough House podcast housing. Danhausen is so powerful. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode 249. Oh, boy. Big 250 next week, Chris. Yeah, that's, uh, um, never mind. I was going to make a, a very terrible joke, and I will I will abstain for our, <laughs> our, our, our wonderful listeners here. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, it was about the size of my dick. <laughs> October 31st, 2021. By the time you hear this, depending on whether or not you're on the Patreon feed, it's probably November. But uh, a happy Halloween to you, even if uh, it is already very much in your rear view. I'm Marty. And I am, uh, I'm Christoph, and uh, yeah, we enjoy a good spoopy season over here. Uh, very much so. Uh, the spoopy season, the pumpkin season. Although I was very, very wow. much disappointed and horrified uh, earlier this week. Uh, on Thursday, or, mm. I believe it was Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, I went to buy candy to give out this evening. Yeah. Uh, as those of you who may follow me on the social medias know, uh, I am a full size house. That's full size Marty. That's why. It, look, I I get a genuine thrill out of it. Seeing a little kid uh, realize, holy hell, he's you know they're about to get a uh, a full ca- full size candy bar. It's a real, it's a real jolt. It makes me very happy. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was the twenty eighth of October. Okay. Fucking Target had put all of the Halloween shit away and was rolling out the Christmas stuff. They put it. They, just, they put it away. Yeah, there was nothing. It was gone. What the hell, man? What about for the people who uh, last minute need to grab a, a finishing touch, uh, you know, some some paint for their costume or some fake blood? Or, Apparently you should have figured you know. that shit out on the 27th. They had nothing. Wow. Not even. So where did you get your candy? Oh, well, uh, the, the full size are in the standard candy aisle. So I was OK. Uh, but uh, still, uh, I was just like, what the shit is happening? This doesn't. Buzzers. What? It wasn't even November yet. And they're fucking putting out Christmas trees. I mean, well, the, the, the joy, one of the joys of Halloween is going to, you know, Walmart or Target the day after Halloween and yeah. getting 50% off all the fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, apparently not going to be a thing at Target this year, at least. Well, that'll it's, save me a trip tomorrow morning. I'll just they, go to Walmart instead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good luck and Godspeed with that. We're all counting <laughs> on you. Uh, but uh, uh, d- despite- Abing- I'll see you guys at the Abingdon Walmart <laughs> at fucking 9.30 a.m. tomorrow. I, is that a 24-hour one or not? No, this one. I don't think okay. so. Because I've no. always wondered what the 24-hour Walmarts, <laughs> at what point does the Halloween candy go on sale? And uh, are there ghouls there at like 11.58? <laughs> Just eyeing up the shelves. 
Yeah. Well, I would imagine that's a that's a great question. Wow. Um, same same I mean, deal with your Valentine's Day, Easter, any sure, 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 where sure. like the day after is a key time to gorge. Well, I mean that one on forty three right there is just a cesspool. So oh, yeah, it is. No, it's which at least was twenty four hour at one point. I don't know if they still are. I don't believe it is anymore. Yeah, I think the pandemic shut that down. Uh, yeah, yeah, which which uh, is both a, a a benefit and a bit of sadness because let me tell you, um, you know, popping in at three a.m. was real joy. And by real joy, I mean nightmarish delight. It was Perfect the world for the Halloween season. The World Series of people watching. Oh yeah, was, oh yeah. Uh, like uh, you'll you'll never find anything greater. Uh, well, I mean, unless you go to the uh, North Point Flea Market. Oh, yeah, touche. Touche. Saturday or touché. Sunday morning. <laughs> that is the Super Bowl of people watching. Yes, yes. That, that That is the peak upon peaks. But in terms of just random Walmart that you can pop into in our, our, our local region. This is a wrestling podcast, by the way, and we will talk about the pro wrestling. Yeah, uh, yeah But yeah, so yeah. we have to dunk on our localities, Walmarts, <laughs> and, of course, talk about Halloween. Um. Yeah, uh, I, I do wonder in those 24-hour instances when exactly it, it clicks over. Are there people who get there at like 11 o'clock at night, you know, stock up a cart, and they're just like, fuck it, I'm going to walk around for the next hour, and then what's and not check out till midnight. Okay, out. all right. Yeah. I, I would say if I were in charge of said um, store, I wouldn't put them – I wouldn't make the sale go into effect until when a normal business would open. So I would say like 6 a.m. or something is when – I wouldn't do the midnight bit. That just that just leads to pandemonium, I think. Okay. Okay. That, that makes a little more sense. As my cat's going oh, fucking hard on the scratching post right oh, next to me. Oh, that's what's right going now. on. I was like – That's what that is. Are, are you typing? What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just clattering away. No, Xavier is a. Uh, hey, he's finally scratching where he's supposed to be scratching, hey, so I'm not going to stop good him. Good job, Xavier. Good stuff. So, do, are you? Uh, do you have a costume for handing out said full size candy bars this evening? I sadly do not. I I forgot to thread that needle. That you don't have. You don't have like an old something laying around you can make shift into a costume. Come on, man. Uh no, Chris. I I I got fat. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> that 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 is. That's where uh, things fell through there. Uh, I, see, I, yeah, yeah. You gotta be like me, just stay fat. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not. There's not a getting there. It's just yeah, a consistent yeah. level of obesity. Uh, you know, bordering on morbid. Um, yeah, and I also know. recognize what I consider fat for me is not what other people consider fat. But yes, I I, I went up size. I went up a size. And nothing that I had fit anymore. So I see, I see. You find, you know, you got an old bed sheet and cut some uh, some eye holes out of. <laughs> I feel like you know? that might get interpreted wrong in this day and age. I mean, come on. As long as it's, you know, you got a gray something that's not just you know white and doesn't come to a point, you should be okay. Uh, I think all of our sheets have designs and whatnot. I, I don't want to be a stylish ghost. Uh, well, really. I mean, you know, it is, you know, there, uh, it is 2021, yeah. pal, you know, ghosts yeah. have evolved. That's true. That, that, that's, that's very, very true. Um, but anyway, pro wrestling podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and as I guess. it is the spooky season, unfortunately, we begin this week with what I think is probably the biggest story of the week. And that is the, uh, the, the, the term that they're using, the, uh, uh reimagining of Ring of Honor. This was announced on Wednesday this week 
that uh, Ring of Honor, owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, right in our backyard, mm-hmm. uh, just shy of its 20th anniversary, which will be coming up in February. Uh, here's what the statement was released on Wednesday. Throughout the pandemic, our top priority was to keep everyone healthy and safe. And despite not producing uh, any live events over 18 months, we are able to keep everyone fully contracted. We now find ourselves at a time where we need to make changes to our new business operations and are planning a pivot for Ring of Honor with a new mission and strategy. The year will culminate with a final battle in December, and we will be taking the first quarter of 2022 to work internally to reimagine ROH. ROH has the most dedicated fans in the industry, and we appreciate their loyalty and patience as we reconceptualize Ring of Honor. We anticipate returning to live events in April for the Supercard of Honor with a new fan-focused product and to provide a unique experience for wrestling fans. So December 11th at what was the UMBC event uh, center now, the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena, uh, that will be final battle and it will be the final show of this version of Ring of Honor. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I mean, obviously, came as a shock um, because Ring of Honor, like they put in their statement, was the one throughout the pandemic that, of all <laughs> wrestling companies that existed, yeah. really went above and beyond to protect the safety of the performers and and the rest of the staff there. Um, but I would imagine doing so and not having any income from from live events or anything else, pay per views. Uh, I'm sure merch slowed down a significant amount. Yeah. The bottom line is money, and Sinclair is a very big um, media company, and you know you see a little wrestling, you know, a little tab on the spreadsheet. This is Ring of Honor going through all the finances, and it's in the uh, it's in the red there. So yeah. I would imagine the the higher ups of Sinclair. This had to be a money decision. This couldn't. Yeah. I don't think it was yeah. a creative decision. No, I, I I agree that this had to be a, a money decision because they were starting to put out real like big boy contracts. Uh, yeah. I, I know uh, Roosh was under a six figure deal. Uh, I know that uh, prior to his departure, uh, Marty Skrull was under a six-figure deal. Yeah. You would have to imagine stars that were featured prominently, prominently there, your Banditos, your um, Jay Lethals, your John Greshams, Gresham, you know, yeah. people of, of a note who could and possibly would have been signed elsewhere had to be high five, if not low six figures. Uh, and... I know that Sinclair as a business has not been in the most stable of places. Um, They moved in to purchase all of the regional sports networks that Mm -hmm. Fox had to let go of uh, during the whole merger with uh, Disney. Uh, That was a very, very not cheap scenario. And Mm -hmm. now they're trying to work out things with uh, the cable companies. And apparently it's not working in their favor. And I know just last week they got hit pretty hard by a cyber attack internally, which I have to imagine was not cheap to pay off up to and including the fact that many of their networks nationally, not uh, locally, the the, uh, Sinclair station locally aired pretty much as, you know, would be expected. Uh, But the national networks could not air commercials. Wow. So I can't imagine that was cheap. 
I, you know, when I hear a uh, a cyber attack on Sinclair, I would imagine it's somebody, you know, sitting at a at an old terminal in a, uh, a, a cyber cafe in Guadalajara, Mexico, <laughs> who's trying to hack in and hold Sinclair Media hostage to get photos of Bandito uh, without his mask on. Exactly. Uh, that, that's the that's, that's what the all this is about. Situation I'm thinking of. Yeah, this this had nothing to do with. Uh, the political leanings and ties of Sinclair or anything. Like yeah. That. No, they just no, want to see no. Bandito's handsome, handsome face. That's yeah. what they wanted. Uh, I'm, sure he's, I'm sure he's a handsome fellow. But uh, the, the fallout of this is, as it's spelled out, Final Battle will be the last show of this version of Ring of Honor. They're saying they will return Mania Weekend in April for Supercard of Honor. <laughs> I know that, uh, at least based off of their actions, uh, one could consider this um, questionable uh, more than anything else as they uh, you released, mean the return the return released, questionable yeah, the return yeah. being questionable they released everyone everyone who is under contract has been released they're being paid through the end of the year with some who had multi-year deals being paid through March okay uh, but at, effective immediately any of these talents can go pursue work anywhere else but they still have a whole bunch of them booked on this show in december right that that is the one clause that's the one that, provision that they want people at the show in december uh my understanding is that there was supposed to be a november filming date uh, uh-huh. a closed set filming date for uh tv apparently that's no longer on we're okay. just looking at the show in december as being sort of the swan song of of this era of Ring of Honor, interesting. Um, according to reporting from uh, the likes of Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, and Sean Ross Sapp, um, the indications are one. Uh, there was some uh, discussion about what does this mean for the t- tape library? Not yeah. for sale at this point. No, which, uh, that was a uh, mis. That was a, a yeah, misattributed story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and also the intent for Ring of Honor moving forward is to not have contracts, basically be a super indie where everyone is on a per night basis. I, I think on paper that works, but in execution, you know, for your top stars, that's going to be, that's going to be tough. Very tough, especially when you, you have, uh, you know, uh, a, an indie scene that is flourishing to the degree that it is. But I will say the the benefit to a Ring of Honor if they do spin back up in April is, and it's really kind of the scary part if they don't spin back up in April. Mm. AEW doesn't really have that many spots left, if any. Yeah, I mean, I could maybe see some of the smaller guys, you know, getting some third tier contracts to, to come in a and dark do dark. Shot or, or yeah, something like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. WWE has made it clear they want none of these people. Like, I can't think of a single person that was tied to Ring of Honor where it's like, oh, that that's the type of person who they want to bring into the system, put on the main roster, all of that. Maybe some guys, you know, a, a, a Jay Lethal, a, a, a Briscoes or something like that to be a veteran hand down in NXT to lose. Right, yeah, well, I can't see the Briscoes for, fitting in yeah. in, uh, in WWE though. They are, you know, right. they are the Briscoes, <laughs> right? 
and, and Impact doesn't have that many spots left either. So I, I, I can't imagine, you know, they're opening up the checkbooks, not that their checkbooks are that deep anyway, right? to say, hey, we're just going to buy this entire roster out. So what you're saying is MLW is going to make out like a bandit in this shit. <laughs> but MLW was releasing people this week. So yeah. who even knows what's what's going on over there? They they're bringing in Warhorse though. Uh, that's true. That that is true. Uh, but I I look at this and I you know there's I think for some people and it's not a shock who those people are going to be. You can probably think of them without me saying anything. For some people, they're going to dive into this indie scene between companies like PWG, GCW. Um, uh, I, I'm struggling to think of other prominent indies right now, uh, but they'll be able to sort of dig in and and have opportunities. Your 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 John Greshams, your Jay Lethal's, your Bandito, Dragon Lee, Roosh, you know, yeah. all of these guys, ha- they will land on their feet. Uh, Brody King, uh, of course. Um, but I can't imagine, you know, a Dax Draper. Who the fuck, <laughs> like? And, and I have nothing against Isn't the guy. Is it Dak? Is it Dak or oh, Dax? Oh, sorry. D- Dak Draper. Uh, I, I have nothing <laughs> there you against go. the guy. You just, you just proved your own point. Yes. I have nothing <laughs> against the guy. But, you know, who is he banging Quinn McKay? He is. Uh, Good for him. Good for him. But who is going? (laughs) Who's going like, oh, that that's a ticket bot. Um, And and, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a Matt Taven's going to get snapped up and become, you know, a future WWE universal champion. He is the first man to main event both Arena Mexico and MSG. But Uh, yeah, that would, that would be the most hilarious thing. The one guy that, that WWE picks up out of this just further confirms that I will never watch WWE again is fucking <laughs> Matt Taven. But I, I think about Thank like a know. Mike Bennett and a Maria Kanellis. Where the hell are they going to go right now? Man, if anywhere impact. I mean, yeah. I, I, and they might, you know, I, I, they did. They had some time spent in Japan, I think. But again, they're not moving the needle in Japan. Like Dragon Lee is probably on the first fucking flight over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if not showing up on AEW on Wednesday, like that's oh, man. that's the level of talent that guy is. Like, yeah, Tony right. will will figure out something. Uh, yeah, I have a feeling the the luchadors, uh, Tony's kind of you yeah. know uh, twiddling his uh, Mister Burn style fingers together, trying trying to work up uh, a deal of enough pesos to get them over here, yeah. um, over here. Like I fucking work at AEW over there. Um, yeah. So you know, but there are you know there are people in Ring of Honor that I want to see in AEW yeah. because of just the matchups, you know, the aforementioned Brody King. Um, I think Jonathan Gresham, give me Gresham fucking Daniel Bryan. Yeah. As soon as humanly possible, please. And thank 100%, 100%. you. 100%. I want Tony Depp in somewhere. Tony Depp yeah. rules super hard. Well, he's like, been doing uh, the uh, LA dojo or like the strong stuff stuff, I believe. Hasn't he? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I know Dickinson has, but I don't, I don't know if Deppin has. I thought Deppin was on a show or two. Maybe, but maybe, maybe he... I'm misremembering, but, uh, yeah. you know, still he's a guy who, I mean, he wasn't technically under a ring of honor contract. He was, he was paid by date, but yeah. he's a guy who absolutely deserved to be. He, you know, when I look back at, at us going to best yeah. in the world back in July, like he stood out, uh, yep. as, as an absolute top tier talent. And I want to see that guy somewhere, somewhere prominent. Um, yeah. 
but it's it's just a bummer. You hate seeing a company, even one that I think to to the two of us very cold in Ring of Honor. You, you hate to see a company uh, close down, even temporarily. Yeah, uh, as, as they put it, uh, I I I don't I don't know what Ring of Honor looks like after this. Uh, I, I think they come back in April, and Silas, uh, what's his name? Silas Young. Silas is, Young is the top is, guy. Is the guy because oh, nobody else wants to? Because nobody else is available or wants oh, to. Oh boy! Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's it, it's it's definitely a bummer. I mean, for me, Ring of Honor was like th- that was that was my shit uh, in early two thousands. You know, I, I went to my first Ring of Honor show in June two thousand two. I followed them very closely up yeah. through like. I, I think Gabe Sapolsky got let go in like 2008 and then Adam Pierce started booking. And that's when I kind of fell off. It went from Pierce to the combination Cornette. of Cornette and Delirious. Delirious has pretty yeah. much been booker ever since. Um, minus, you know, the cup of coffee where Marty Skrull is supposed to be head booker. That <laughs> that worked out great. Uh, the shot Ooh. in the arm was in, uh, you know, the the mid 2010s, mid to late 2010s, when you had the Bullet Club and New yeah. Japan and, you know, the elite with the Bucks and, and everybody really coming to fruition. They had their moment in, in 2018 where they could have said, hey, you know what, let's let's throw money at Omega and the Bucks and Page and really make a go at this being a big time product because they were on the cusp of it. They were drawing on average, you know, 1,500, 2,000 people per show. It was <laughs> yeah. enough where they're on WWE's radar that that's how the super indie version of NXT started. They had, you know, 6,000 people at a show in Florida, Mania Weekend. Uh, and they decided to ultimately do MSG, which sold out based off the idea that the elite would be there. Yeah, uh, yeah. They had this window of opportunity, and you know when they when the elite came to them and said, "Hey, let's try to do this," they said, eh, "Not so much." I think I think the uh, you know that was kind of the first domino fall, and the last was Kenny King eliminating uh, the Great Muda and Jushin Liger <laughs> from that battle royal yeah. at the Garden. Then it was like, well, that I mean, the Garden also... Show as a whole, the Ring of Honor half of the Garden Show as a whole was a massive domino oh for God. yeah for the for this end of Ring of Honor. You know, and I th- think that's the creative Bully Ray era as well. Of yeah. oh yeah, let's bring in Enzo and Cass. That'll move the needle. You yeah. fucking dolt. Let's bring in Enzo and Cass. Not tell, not tell anyone. Yeah, <laughs> and have them shoot an angle without telling anyone in the angle. Yeah, that's fucking so stupid. Yeah, let let Who's, let's uh, let, let's I, make it I... so that fucking Tanahashi's entrance doesn't get over. Right. Because everyone's still like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, yeah. Who do you think has the w- more terrible opinions nowadays? Is it Bully Ray or is it Booker T? Because I really go back and forth. Neither of what either of them says I can really get behind in they're, any way. They're both pretty awful. What I will say is Booker T, his opinions tend to land on, you know, what side of his bread is being buttered. Uh-huh. Like if if you just look under the filter of dude wants to maintain that legends deal, okay, I I understand why Booker T's opinions are as bad as they are. Bully Rays come from such a backwards looking version of pro wrestling, yeah, and in many ways they're pretty damn negligent. I would say yeah. So like Bully Ray's opinions feel dangerous and not in a good way 
Right. And Booker T's are just like fucking eye rollers. I think yeah. the one, I think it was maybe yesterday or it was, I think I saw it sometime this past week. Um, and I think it was Booker T. Correct me if I'm wrong, if you heard this, but it was something along the lines of if Roman Reigns showed up on NXT, NXT would have beaten AEW in the, in the Wednesday night wars. I, I, that does sound like something he would say. <laughs> it it might have worked. It might have. But, you know, yeah. uh, what, uh, what's the phrase? Maybe he's work with something in hand grenades. I can't remember what the other thing is. Um, horse, horseshoes and hand grenades. Horse, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, I thought that was close. Yeah, yeah, close, close, close only works. And, something yeah. like that. Anyway. I've I fucked up the analogy, which we got know, it. it's ten thirty in the morning here. Um, <laughs> you need another iced chai latte, but exactly. But yeah, you you can say that all you want. You can say that would have worked. I don't fucking know. Yeah. What I do know is, and hey, maybe this is a a fun way to transition into the World Wrestling Federation. For over- uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I do know is this: we had. SmackDown back on FS1 this week. Mm-hmm. It was going to go on, not one-on-one. It was going to be on the same night as Rampage. Mm-hmm. Originally, the plan was they were going to air SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Then they were going to air Talking Smack, Talking Smack going right against Rampage. Okay. Here are the two things you need to know about what ended up happening. One, they decided not to air Talking Smack and instead air the same version of of SmackDown three times in a row. Okay. So it aired live, and uh-huh. then from 10 to midnight, they aired a replay, and then from midnight to 2, they aired the replay again. Uh, okay. That's a choice. And the other part is, they announced literally nothing before the show for what would happen on the show, and Roman wasn't on it. Wow. That's because it was probably being rewritten up until 7.57. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yikes. Roman was not on the show. Brock's not on the show because he got suspended last week. And it was uh, further underlined that uh, Adam Pierce fined him $1 million. Oh, yeah. That's a little, that's, 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 that's like a that's a $5 bill to you and I in Brock Lesnar's terms <laughs> yeah, exactly. right now. He doesn't give a fuck. No. Um, Even if it was a shoot. Yeah. yeah. Shoot, kayfabe, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kayfabe, Brock don't give a fuck. Shoot, Brock don't give a fuck. Right. Um, yeah, that's true. So Roman wasn't on the show. Also, I don't know if you noticed this, Chris. It's it's Sunday morning, and we usually have those uh, those major th- those major city overnight numbers. Yeah. I ain't seen shit yet. <laughs> Gee, I wonder. I, want, uh, I wonder why. That. Hmm. Ain't seen a goddamn thing. But yeah, live SmackDown against a taped Rampage, kind of, in so much as Rampage was airing after the live SmackDown. Right. On FS1, right. opposite, uh, you know, World Series programming. And they announced nothing. And it, holiday weekend too. There was yeah, a lot holiday going, weekend. You know. That's true. And and the best thing that they decided to do was have uh, Charlotte cut a work shoot promo at the top of the show mm. about everything that happened last week, which somehow led to a match between Sasha Banks and Shotzi Blackheart, and Shotzi's now a heel because reasons. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what we got. That that yeah, I mean right. that's that's the most exciting thing that. Happened in WWE, uh, unless you're counting things like Greg Hamilton getting let go. I never really care for that guy. Yeah. Uh, 
But Seth you know. Rollins won a ladder match to uh, get a shot at Big E in the future. Okay. So that that happened. All right. Uh, and uh, we had multiple titles change at Halloween Havoc in NXT. Uh, not the NXT world title as Tommaso Ciampa retained against Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker. But uh, Imperium are the tag champions again. Uh, Mandy Rose is now the NXT women's champion thanks to interference by Dakota Kai. And wow. Okay. New NXT women's champions. Uh, as in a stairway to hell match, uh, it was a ladder match, uh, won mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by, uh, I'm trying to get their name up right now, but the damn thing won't load for me. Uh, sorry. It's, it's the team of, um, uh, the two, the, Dolan, the one with the two girls. Yeah. Gigi Dolan and <laughs> Priscilla Kez- Kelly and yeah, that's, the other that's one. That's Gigi Dolan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. God damn it. Where? Eh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> it, Marty, it doesn't matter. You're, <laughs> I, I know you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm just. Tr- I'm trying to do my diligence on I, something that I know you don't, I don't really care. care about. I don't think the listen. If, if the listeners care, they would have watched it. So yeah, it's not. Uh, you know, or they could Google it, and I am not going to Google it because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, the, the best thing I saw from WWE this week was the announcement of a Cesaro versus Walter match that won't be available. Toxic attraction or their name. I'm sorry, what is it? Toxic Attraction are their name. Uh, okay, Gigi I, Dolan and J.C. Jane. J.C. Jane. Gigi okay. Dolan is a former Priscilla Kelly, and right. J.C. Jane uh, is uh, pretty much uh, an, an NXT uh, original. Okay, all right. They should have just gone full Chasey Lane and just bought the rights of the Bloodhound Gang song. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. But yes, you you, Jam. you were mentioning uh, Walter got announced for four NXT UK house shows. I mean, going one-on-one with Cesaro. Mm-hmm. Can't and, wait to not watch those. Yeah, because none of that shit's being taped. Uh, hey, I know we got uh, a fan in the UK. Uh, Paul, uh, if you're listening and you're going, uh, because I'm going to guess those seats are cheap based off of uh, pre-sale numbers. Um well, you just pop up that iPhone on the guardrail there and, uh, you know, film, film a little video for your boys. Just be careful with it. I don't want you to get kicked out. Yeah, They're apparently yeah. assholes. Yeah. <laughs> About that sort of thing. Very, very much uh, a, a weird scenario where you have this great match that uh, absolutely fucking no one is going to be able to see. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, that kind of makes the business sense in wwe uh sort of sort of thing so are we going to talk about bray wyatt or are we are or when yeah, no, 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 go ahead or? go ahead please feel free i mean so he did a countdown for when his non-compete was up yeah he posted something on twitter three days ago saying two days right and we got and nothing that, yeah um and then i think there was something that popped up about him working with some visual effects company. Yeah. Uh, apparently he is, he's working with, uh, some the guys who did his mask. Yes. He's working with the visual effects guys who made his masks. So I guess maybe they're making a new mask for him. He has changed oh. his Twitter handle. Finally, he's no longer WWE Bray Wyatt. He's, uh, he's Wyndham six. 
Hmm, six. Okay, so he's going to be in a tag team with Sean Waltman. Yeah. Okay, we can really dig into to the lore of uh of the, the, fe- the friend because he can't be the fiend anymore. The lore. Uh, maybe he's actually working for this effects company. You know, I, I I've been on record as saying this. I feel like maybe wrestling. Uh, not really the spot for him. He's got a he's got an eye for the the dramatic storytelling in the horror sort of uh, vein. So let him uh, let him give a give a you know give it a, give it a, the old college try out in in Hollyweird. I, I, I had this thought, you know, when everyone was sort of doing the math of hey, Ring of Honor guy X could go to yeah answer company here. Uh, I think there are two routes here that that could work out kind of concurrently. One is uh, Bray Wyatt should absolutely become the star of, you know, some low budget slasher movies. He should be, you know, not quite Kane Hodder. Yeah. And those movies should be hosted on Shudder by Dan Housen. There you go. Two for one. Hell yeah. Come on, Shudder. Give, give those guys some money. Shudder's got some coin. Yeah. I mean, they they're playing Joe Bob Briggs. They're pulling his old ass out to host movies. Have <laughs> fucking Danhausen host movies. Yeah, no, that would be uh, that would be fantastic. I'd have to get cable, I guess, or that maybe uh, they no, have. It's, it's, no, that's it's a streaming, streaming thing, isn't streaming, it? Okay, yeah. all right. Uh, but I, I'm go. I'm just saying, dude. Like, I, I've got nothing against Danhausen as a wrestler. He's perfectly fine, but his personality is much stronger than his in ring. And he would absolutely slay as a, you know, creature feature Elvira-esque type host. Uh, yeah. I mean, put him up there, uh, you know, have him co-host with Elvira. Uh, you know, Fuck I think it. that that yeah. would be fucking hysterical. Yeah. No reason not to. Now, that said, he was just on the Jericho cruise, so maybe he'll pop up in AEW, which, you know. What the hell? Why not? Let's let's throw more. You know, he, like I said, it's not some of these. You know, he's one of those guys that will get like a, a tier three contract, pop up on a on a dark, maybe do an angle on Dynamite or Rampage or something. See how it goes over. You know, it could be an OC type thing where it the it's just weird enough to work mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. sandbox mm-hmm. that they built over there. Maybe I, I you know. I, I don't know, but, um, you know, he's definitely unique enough yeah. to you know, at least draw some eyes. Like if you're walking by uh, a TV at the bar that's showing dynamite and you saw this fucking weird vampire looking dude pop up, you're like, okay, what, what the hell's going on here? I mean, yeah. obviously listening to him is really what seals the deal, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Just, just seeing him in gimmick is nothing compared to hearing him like yeah. ramble on. So. Yes. Um, yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> uh, which reminds me, pro- probably this would be a good episode to have the Danhausen drop in. Just, just saying. Yeah. No. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm on that. Fantastic. Well, anyway, let's talk about that possible location. Let's talk about AEW. Very big week for AEW. Two amazing shows on television this week, both coming from Boston. Massachusetts. I'm sorry, where? Bastard. Is that where you parked the car in the garage? Yeah, right there. They have it yet. Have it yet. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we had two hour dynamite live on Wednesday and then a taped rampage on Friday night. Uh, and I... the show kicked off on Wednesday with 
CM Punk making his Dynamite debut against Robert Fish. And uh, this was a damn fine match. Uh, I I liked this a lot. I thought it was very scrappy. I, I yeah. loved the legwork that Fish did on Punk. I loved the way that it played into the finish. Um, I saw some people going back and forth about whether or not the finish was botched. What did you think? Um, no, I, I don't think it was. I think it was, you know, just Fish just being a half a millisecond too late to get the to get the shoulder up. That's why I thought so, too. You know, Punk had his knee injured. He couldn't make the fall immediately. And it was basically just to get over, like, had he hesitated just a moment longer, he wouldn't have had that win. Um, yeah. But I, yeah. I, I liked this a lot. Again, uh, I still am in that spot with Bobby Fish where I, I don't I don't really care, care. too much. <laughs> yeah. But he gets it done in the ring. And yeah, I mean, he's not exciting by any means, but no. he's a very proficient pro wrestler. You know, he knows he knows what he's doing in there. Um, and, you know, the match he had with Brian, the match he had with Punk, you know, that's some, that's, that's some good stuff. Uh, but really, you know, you weren't watching this match for Bobby Fish. You were no. watching it for, for Punk. And, you know, Punk continues to, you know, string along this line of victories where really none of them are – full-on decisive he's kind of fighting for his life throughout the whole match yeah. which is you know that's the story that he's telling you know he can still get it done but he's not he's not best in the world caliber anymore yeah. so you know that is, is coming into play and what's what's uh on deck for him uh, which we'll get to in a little bit is very very exciting yes it is we had a malachi black promo uh where basically he said he lost However, he turned the fans against Cody. He turned his own family against Cody. The crowd now hates him. The house always wins. I thought that was very effective and smart. The house of black. Uh, And it also ties into the whole gambling (laughs) uh, theme of AEW. Double nothing, all in. The house always, you know. So clever, clever. MJF came out, had a match against Bryce Donovan. And by a match, I mean he just threw him in the corner and hit the heat seeker. That was really yeah. it. This yeah. is more about building up uh, the post-match promo. So MJF cuts a promo, made fun of Boston, of course, turned his attention to Darby Allen, said he broke him mentally. Now that Darby Allen is out of his hair and nothing to stop him from his destiny, he's going to be the world champion. Lights go out. Sting's music plays. No Sting. MJF. Uh, uh, Sean Spears and Wardlow are all cracking up about it, saying, you know, they swerved the fans, blah, blah, blah. Lights go out again. We have another weird student film from Darby Allen featuring rapper (laughs) JPEG Mafia. Uh, Oh, that was somebody of note? Okay. Yes. Baltimore's own JPEG Mafia. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, I I was always more of a fan of PNG Mafia myself, but that's that's (laughs) just You're more of a lossless guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why compress everything, you know? (laughs) Lights go out, uh, or excuse me, lights come back on. It's Sabu. No, wait, it wasn't. It was Sting. And he uh, is whacking Wardlow and Spears with his uh, bat. Bitch. Darby Allen. Sorry, uh, he's me. he was whacking them? Yes, whacking double, them with the double bat. Double Dutch Rotter? Yes. Okay. All right. uh, MJF bails. He goes to uh, the guardrail. There's a fan in a very Inspector Gadget-esque trench coat. Where do you buy a trench coat like that? I don't I mean, know. Like it, it, it straight up looked comical. 
It may have been from a Halloween store. Uh, possibly. Did they send Jeff, <laughs> Judge Jeff Jones, to a Halloween store <laughs> earlier in the day to pick up a, a trench coat? Hopefully he didn't have it with him. That would have been weird. Yeah. So Darby Allen is underneath the trench coat. He sends MJF running up the ramp. He then pulls out the thumbtack skateboard, hits it with uh, hits uh, Spears and Wardlow with it. Wardlow got bloodied up pretty bad by it. Uh, yeah, I would have rather Spears getting blooded up a little yeah. more. Than that. <laughs> uh, Darby's music plays, but then Darby asks him to turn it off, and he has this is simply two words for MJF: full gear. So that yeah, is on for full gear. Let's go. Uh, Britt Baker, Rebel, and Jamie Hayter backstage with Tony Schiavone. Britt Baker talking about how she'll have a trick-or-treat no-DQ match with Abaddon. Uh, Non-title match Friday night on Rampage. We'll talk about that in a moment. Baker says she has a few tricks up her sleeve. Then we had the TNT Championship match. Sammy Guevara defending against Ethan Page. And you know, Chris, if it weren't for other matches this week, this would have been one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> this match ruled. This, this yes. was fucking great. I... I had hoped it would be good because I, I love Sammy and Ethan Page has grown a lot on me. I felt like Page needed a standout moment like this. And this was just an absolute banger. I, I, I had a lot of fun watching this match. Yeah, I mean, Sammy going out there and proving that he can be, you know, the guy, uh, you know, to hold a... Yeah, it, it, you know, Tony gets upset when you call it a secondary title, but let's be honest, it's, it's nowhere near as important as the, the AEW uh, title. So it's a secondary title. But Sammy going out there and, and um, you know, showing the heart, being the plucky baby face, hitting all the big comeback spots and, um, you know, that that shooting star he did off the top rope to the outside was absolutely insane. I don't know how and, – and this is true for me also of like Darby Allen's topes and a lot of the dives Phoenix does. Yeah. I don't know how guys are able to physically set the difference between something that looks like a flip dive versus yeah. something that looks like you know uh, an active, aggressive – physical bit of, of uh, throwing like, your body at somebody exactly like like yeah. you are fighting with it. it is that is an offensive maneuver right i don't know how they do it but like that shooting star to the floor i've seen a lot of pretty shooting stars uh in my time paul london used to have one of the best ever yeah uh that looked like he was trying to fuck up ethan page with a shooting star i yeah. didn't know that was possible yeah, it was that that was strong. There was another uh, I think there was another top rope spot in the match uh, inside the ring. If I recall, correct. I don't know. They, they watched a lot of wrestling, but yes. um, yeah, the match was re- really, really good. Page looked great, even in defeat. Yeah. Um, and the what does he what does Sammy call the feast your eyes? The, his version of that. Uh, his finisher. GTH. Yeah. Okay. I guess go to hell. Is that what that's? I, supposed I think to that's what's supposed to be. Yes. Okay. I mean, we can come up with a better name for that, but okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, Sammy ends up winning. Post match, Scorpio Sky comes out. Inner Circle runs out with full pyro. I I still don't like this idea of full pyro for a run in. You don't? No. I think I think it kind of puts the over the 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 gravitas and you know the stature of Inner Circle. I mean, it's not like they stopped for the pyro; they still ran to the ring. That, that's true. I guess also I think it looked, and maybe I should maybe you think I'd like this more. It looks more dangerous when they're running out. The pyro's going off. Yeah, like, fair, fair. Fucking, we're gonna lose Santana to. <laughs> Pyro explosion. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, if anybody's Jake Hager, but you know, <laughs> that's true. 
And then and, one and of he my, would be he would be lured in by the shiny explodey thing. Yeah, so. he's not very bright. He is very he's easily distracted. Um, my one of my favorite things is you know once the inner circle goes in and they they chase off uh, the men of the year. Fucking ego, all ego is out there like flexing his pecs. Like, come on, motherfucker! Like, you know, just <laughs> bouncing his titties around, and it's yeah. it's fantastic. Um, and he always claims he has the best tits in wrestling. So, uh, him him flexing them around, it was a it was a good literal flex. So it's gonna be five on five tag team match at full gear. It'll be a Minneapolis street fight. God knows Minneapolis is known for its tough streets. Hey man, it's one of the twin cities. All right, you don't you don't fuck around in in the TC. <laughs> uh, but next week, Inner Circle will def- decide which members of America's top team to face. One of them is going to be Dan Lambert. Like that's, I mean, obviously, that's, yeah, he's definitely in that match. Dan yeah. Lambert's going to learn to blade for the first time. It's going to be great. Uh, Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston backstage with Tony Schiavone. This was sort of the inverse promo from the one that aired during Roads to the Top last week. Yeah. Uh, where instead of Brian Danielson talking a lot of shit to Eddie Kingston to no response, Eddie Kingston just laid it all out for Brian Danielson, saying he wakes up every day, he's medicated, he's lucky he didn't kill himself, you know, he's got Or anybody heart. else. Yeah, exactly. Didn't kill himself or anybody else. And, uh, you know, he he's just going to destroy him. Uh, you, you know, you haven't walked a mile in my shoes, and he just storms off Danielson by himself with... Tony Schiavone says, you know what? That's the Kingston I want to see. Yeah, and he was right. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> then we had the Lucha Bros uh, again backstage with Tony Schiavone. Uh, Tony yeah, Schiavone Tony got around a lot this week. Put that work in. Um, Penta laid down the challenge FTR for full gear, both in Spanish and then Phoenix did it in English. So. Yeah, yeah, and I love Phoenix trying to work in his animo uh, catchphrase in at the end too. Yes. It's like, okay, bud. I mean, you got the Ceramieto going really hot right now. Don't try yeah. and make fetch happen right now. Let us just, just just sell some t-shirts. I'm sure you know. I'm sure your big bro's cutting you in on the t-shirt money. Exactly. Exactly. You know that. That's why he tries to make sure they're all Lucha Bros shirts. And yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I do have. I mean, I think I have one Lucha Bros shirt. I think I have two Penta shirts and one Phoenix shirt. So I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm at least equal, trying to be equal, uh, equal it opportunity. Sounds like you need one Phoenix and you need one Lucha Bros, and then you'll be totally set. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm okay. working on it. Okay. Uh, we had uh, a first round match of the TBS Championship Tournament rematch from a few weeks ago Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. Hell oh yeah. my God, this match fucked. Oh, this Hell is yeah. so good. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you can talk about how sometime. I, I feel like Shida is a very hot and cold performer. I like her a lot, but like, I don't want to say she's got Sonata level disinterest sometimes, uh, but I don't know if, it, I don't know if it's disinterest. I don't, maybe it's the, maybe it's her opponent. Like, I feel like maybe it's more of a, she needs to be motivated to, you know, has, has to have a good story behind her to really, really get into it. But these two just had an absolute hate filled brawl. And it was awesome. Serena Deeb as, you know, vicious submission woman who will break every single joint in your body. Yeah, the woman Absolutely of a thousand holds. fucking rules. Uh, yeah. This was out of this world good. Uh, I, like, if it had not been for the match on Friday, I would have said this was the best AEW match of the week. Just and I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't have argued. Yeah, it, just, it, it punched so much higher above its weight class. It was 
stunning. I, I loved this. So, it was so simple. You had a face. You had a heel. They had an issue. They beat the piss out of each other. And then afterwards, yeah. the heel beats the piss out of the face some more. Because yeah. that means we're getting a third one. And fuck yeah to that. Well, didn't they have a match at, at the beginning of a pay-per-view as well? Uh, that was Riho. And, and oh, that was Riho. That okay. match absolutely ruled. That Sorry. was during. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> that was during. I mean, it was a small Asian lady. Oh, look, they, they sometimes book them interchangeably. So I don't blame you. <laughs> um, but that was uh, that was during the pre-show of Double or Nothing. And Double that or nothing. match absolutely yeah. ruled. But yeah, God damn, this was awesome. Uh, yeah. Very, oh, very yeah. big fan of this. If you by chance did not watch this for the love of God make the time Sheeta is also a really good follow on instagram um yes. for a multitude of reasons yes uh, we'll leave we'll yeah, leave it uh, that. to it including her cat uh, her cat her cat yes awesome. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, love, love those pussy pics on the instagram leah rush and dante martin were backstage <laughs> with tony shivani again <laughs> tony shivani doing the lord you know sell me on that you son of a bitch yeah, <laughs> it's the best way to handle it sometimes just let it flow uh, we were supposed to have a tag match on Rampage of Leo Rush and Dante Martin against the Side Owls. Mike Side Owl is hurt, so instead it was going to be Martin versus uh, Dante Martin versus Matt Side Owl three. Man, and... Dante Martin looked like a total derp just standing there, like because he's tall and you know, like looking down at Leo and Tony. You know, he's taller than Tony too. He 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 kind of has a derp face. He it's does amazingly talented in the ring. But this damn, is what we call face. this. This is what medical experts call ricochet disease. <laughs> He's got the Trevors. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a touch of the Trevor. <laughs> you know what? If, if we were the type to merchandise the fuck out of this show, which uh, why aren't we? Uh, I don't know. A, a I'm lazy. Tre- I'm lazy. A, a touch of the Trevors would make a great shirt or sticker. A touch of the Trev. Oh, boy. Uh, God, we would definitely would have had a Bobby Lasciarelli shirt. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, yeah. We would have sold three of them. It would have been great. <laughs> it would have been completely worth it. Anyway, uh, uh, we, we had a... Uh, a First, the last first round match of the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament it was John Moxley versus Preston Ten Vance. Uh, Ten comes out and he's wearing his old mask, and I'm like, "Where the shit is the awesome Deathstroke one?" Well, it made sense because Mox came out, beat the piss out of him, including yeah. busting his head wide open. Uh, yep. Preston showing the world he's never bladed before, as he goes <laughs> like three quarters Eddie Guerrero and. Yeah. Uh, we got, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the ring step bump so he could bleed. We got a paradigm shift and that's all she wrote. Mox came in, wrecked shit, went home. Gotta I, love, I love this Mox. Like, yes. Yes. It, it, I mean, it's, it's stone cold. I mean, it, it, you know, comes in pissed off, swaggers down to the ring this time, at least, you know, through the crowd and then, you know, beat some, beat somebody's ass in three minutes and then is done with this shit and just goes backstage so he can, you know, have a beer towel off and go home, and bang his wife. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the attitude is great. The, I just, the 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 wild thing song is just it doesn't match this attitude and it's still kind of annoying to me. I, I would really love for his old theme to come back. His old theme was perfect. It ripped. Yeah, that guitar. Fuck yeah, man. That shit ruled. Come on. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, there's part of me that's wondering if we're gonna get a Mox heel turn out of this, and if so, great time to drop Wild Thing. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if he goes full insane on Orange Cassidy on Wednesday, then it might happen uh, yeah. because that's the next match in the Eliminator Tournament. Two fan favorites. Something's got to give. Very you know, OC ain't going heel. So, you know, if it gets to the point where, uh, you know, Mox just beats the shit out of OC and then beats the shit out of Chucky and tosses Statlander down to the ground and Wheeler Yuta gets tossed into the stratosphere, you know, <laughs> then yeah. then. And maybe maybe we're talking here, but I you know I still feel like it's going to be Brian and Mox at at full gear in the Eliminator final at this point. Yeah, no, it it, it definitely feels like that's the direction we're going in, and and goddamn this this Mox versus this Brian Danielson, e, right? Uh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. So Cody Rhodes came out for a promo, and uh, a, like a day before uh, Mark Zuckerberg could, uh, Cody Rhodes got very meta. Very meta. Uh, we need a we need a sea of me uh, drop for for whenever Cody talks. Let's <laughs> let's take a tour into the sea of me with Cody. <laughs> um, I liked this promo uh, in so much as it felt like there there have been times where Cody g- comes out and cuts a Cody promo, mm-hmm. and it's very clear that he dude has rehearsed this. In front of the yeah. bathroom mirror. Time I mean, you saw it in Roads to the Top. The, yeah. the one promo, you know, he's just going through his lines and, you know. Yeah. This felt a bit more shooting from the hip. Allow me to talk to you fans as both Cody the wrestler and Cody the person. And I kind of admired that. But at its core, it's about something I don't really give a shit about, which is. <laughs> Cody being like, you can boo me if you want, but I'm not going to be a heel and what, whatever. Like, I, I, yeah. I thought, it, does that make sense that I thought it was a good promo for something I don't care about? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, the, it, you, you can, you know, uh, respect something's quality, but it's not for you. Yeah. You know, I get that. And, and, and that's where I was. But uh, it, it turned into something awesome real quick as Andrade comes out. Yeah, Andrade, um, not really learning the lessons from Pentagon and Phoenix, struggling to cut a promo in English. Uh, it's getting there. Called Cody a little Bith. I don't know. I don't know what a Bith is, but you know he called him that. Uh, oh wait, a Bith. He's uh, agent in WWE. Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, I don't think they have the rights to a Monsters Ball match though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, Andrade was basically making fun of him, including the line that I really liked, which is. Um, uh, people don't like him or Cody, but the difference is Andrade. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, M- maybe it was it was a uh, it was a subtle attack on Cody's uh, lisp. I think that's Possibly. what it was. Possibly. Yeah, called him a bit. Uh, but but yeah, the beatdown happens. Lights um, go out. Malachi yeah. Black's in the ring. He sprays mist in Cody's face. They beat down Cody and Arn. Yeah. Then out comes Pac to a huge, huge pop. And yeah. the uh, the the camera missed most of this, but mm. Pac, after standing tall, he did the Malachi Black backflip off the middle rope into uh, sit down and yeah. just screamed at Black while giving him the double birds. Hell yeah. That absolutely ruled. Fuck yeah, it does. Put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it does look like we're getting uh, Andrade and Black versus Pac and Cody at the pay-per-view, which should be fucking dope. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, it's 
I would rather see Pac in a Death Triangle sort of situation, but with Lucha Bros having the tag team titles, I feel like Death Triangle is kind of on the back burner, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, very much, unfortunately. Um, and then we had the main event, which was the eight-man tag between uh, the Dark Order and the Elite. Yeah, this was either very much for you uh, in your style or very much not. But uh, I, I could say for me, for this us, was very, yes. very much my shit. As yes. Uh, so they, they came out, uh, everybody had Halloween costumes. So the dark order comes out, you, you had, uh, evil Uno as a cowboy. He was mm-hmm. riding on a horse, presumably mm-hmm. made up of other members of the dark order. Right. Note there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Stu Grayson dressed up as Kratos from God of War. You had John yeah. Silver, who was Bambi for reasons I don't understand. Perhaps I thought, was that, was that not a BTE reference as well? If, if it is, I missed it. Uh, okay. And then you had Colt Cabana dressed as Brandon Cutler. Which was funny. Which was funny. And there's a note on that uh, in a minute. Yeah. Uh, then the Elite comes out. They are dressed up as the Ghostbusters, complete with the Ghostbusters theme that was delivered at 8.03 p.m. Right. Mikey Ruckus, Mikey Ruckus, dude. Who did a hell of a sound like Ray Parker? Like yeah. I thought that was Ray Parker. If I'm Ray Parker Jr., I'm yeah. sending I'm sending a letter to to Turner. Yeah. Okay, I'll be like, hey man, come on, let's but, fucking. <laughs> but yeah, the Bucks, Omega, and Cole all dressed up as Ghostbusters with uh, proton packs with proton packs, which actually came into play during the match. Yeah, uh, you had uh, Nakazawa coming out as a Bebe. Yes, uh, and then you had Brandon Cutler in a gigantic inflatable Stay Puft Marshmallow Man outfit asterisk asterisk so match <laughs> happens it's exactly what you expect from these guys uh, a mixture of comedy and hard-hitting action john silver is what cesaro would be in aew at this point like oh yeah except a foot shorter exactly like <laughs> if cesaro ever wants to know what would it be like if i jumped over he just needs to watch a john silver match yeah, I mean, dude gets the the crazy hot tag sorts of beating down all five guys at once. Uh, yeah. Crazy feats of strength. He's yeah. and the crowd fucking eats it up. Yeah, he's yeah. Johnny Johnny be hungry, and the crowd is hungry for more Johnny. Yeah, and it, it was just awesome. You know, the the elite are such they they could do this type of match in their sleep, but they yeah. are so good at it. And they are uh, the heel shenaniganry up to and including using the probably kind of suck to get hit with uh thick plastic proton packs yeah as a part of their offensive maneuvers and doing a multi-person power bomb on colt cabana onto a stack yeah of the proton pack well luckily they turned them over to the the the, the, yeah, the more comfortable side yes up. the 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 less uh less chunky side yeah but, but that was after they did the fucking uh teenage mutant ninja turtle shell shock on them with the protein packs <laughs> on all four guys of the dark true. order which was awesome that's true uh, but this this was just so fun and so ridiculous and so over the top. So uh, as uh, the the finish is happening, uh, well, first the, the the important aspect is that uh, referee Rick Knox had eaten a super kick at this yes, point. Yes, that's true. He had, he had eaten a super kick. Other dark members come out to get involved. One of them is dressed as a horse uh, because that was the horse that uh, yeah. uh, Evil Uno came out on. Yeah, and the horse he rode in on. Exactly. <laughs> The elite low blows him, hits the BTE trigger, and then they're like, "Oh, let's take the mask off. Let's let's show yeah. him in his moment of shame." They take the mask off. It is, uh, it, it turns out it's Brandon Cutler with tape over yeah. his mouth, mm-hmm. uh, and also he's not wearing his outfit because Colt Cabana 
was wearing Brandon Cutler's his clothes. actual clothes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, you could tell by the way they fit because so, he, he had to pull up the pants a couple times because they were he was losing them. Yes. So they're all shocked and everything. Then you had one of the greatest shots in professional Ooh. wrestling history. Yeah. It's, it's right Martin. up there. This yeah. shot. Uh, sorry. Yeah. This shot is right up there with uh, the Ibushi Osprey, uh, you know, top yes. rope Rana. Osprey lands on his feet. Ibushi slowly turns around like a fucking horror yeah. movie. Yeah. This, so this one. Matt Jackson me. in the foreground, the background, you had the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yeah. And the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man takes off his his mask helmet whatever his yeah, head his head yeah and it's a very very pissed hangman adam page yeah, he runs rough shot on everybody hits the buckshot lariat on matt grayson hits an orihara moonsault onto the floor on oh all the God. other uh elite guys lands on his feet first time apparently grayson's done that move in like four years nailed it couldn't it be more perfect beautiful john silver hits the spin doctor for the win penny matt huge win for the Dark Order. First time the Elite has dropped one of these multi-man tags. Yeah. Big moment. Got everyone over. Dark Order looked like big faces. Hangman Page looked like an absolute, you know, world-beating superstar. Yeah. Uh, just great comedy, great action, just everything we love. And uh, th- this was stupendous. I, I If I were to have an issue with it, uh, shocker, it would be JR getting really fed up with the shenanigans in this match. <laughs> that That is fair. That is, that is very, very fair. There's nothing uh, against the actual performers in the ring. Uh, they all were amazing. But yeah, come on, JR. Just fucking play along, dude. You're getting paid a fair amount of money. You're starting your old fucking weed farm with this money. So just fucking play along, yeah. bud. Uh, but, but shout out to uh, former writer of video game website Giant Bomb, uh, current writer at Nextlander, Alex Navarro, who... Said the tweet that said it all. Uh, wrestling to me is a man taking off a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man costume to reveal he is not the man the other guy in the ring thinks is wearing the Stay Puff costume, but rather his most hated rival who stole the costume from another man he kidnapped and put in a horse costume. That That's is most pro, pro wrestling. wrestling to me. Yeah, <laughs> that is the to a T, baby. Not pro wrestling tees, but to a to a T for what the expression is in terms of pro wrestling is in regards to how it operates and how people like to to watch it and how how it works. Okay. <laughs> that takes us to Friday as that was Rampage. It's Rampage, baby. Just an hour long show. I, I I love how fast that show moves. Just boom, boom, yeah. boom. All good stuff. Cabana? Yes. And it yeah. kicked off with Brian Danielson against Eddie Kingston uh, in a semifinal match of the World Titer, Title Eliminator Tournament. Story I thought I'd share that I absolutely loved is um, th- this came from uh, this past weekend. John Moxley, to promote his book, was doing an interview uh, on Wrestling Observer Radio with uh, Dave Meltzer and Garrett Gonzalez. And uh, John was talking about the whole thing about getting in the zone. Mm-hmm. about you know before big matches and everything like he plays himself music get hyped up and all that and he said he and kingston they feed into each other sure know? before a big match kingston's right in mox's ear you know just giving him advice and that sort of thing so kingston was getting into the zone before this match and uh as as mox put it he was t- thinking about okay i've done my match for the night dynamite's over maybe i'll go to the hotel oh wait it's my best friend in the entire world going against the man who I think is the greatest professional wrestler of all time, 
and Brian Danielson. I got to stick around for this. So Kingston's, you know, sitting in the locker room, getting his mind right, trying to do everything. Yeah. Mox pulls out his phone, blasts World War Three by the Rough Riders for <laughs> Kingston. Gets Kingston all hyped up and everything. Kingston's about to walk to Gorilla to do everything. Mox grabs and says, you go after that Whole Foods buying vegan food eating motherfucker. And Kingston just goes out talking mad shit. Like, uh, I I love that so much. Hell yeah, bro. And that hype went right into this match. Yeah, it did. Brian Danielson has had six or seven matches in AEW. Uh, yeah, if that, yeah. Uh, I think it's fair to say we are at three match of the year candidates already. Uh, yeah, the match with Omega, uh, this match with we, Kingston, and, and Minoru Suzuki. The Suzuki one, yeah. Yeah. This match, like, we, we could talk about how Elite versus <laughs> uh, Dark Order was very much to our tastes, you know, the yeah. comedy, flippy doos, all that. Well, whatever wasn't in that match was absolutely in this one. This was a, a, well, I I almost said New Japan, but it's more of an All Japan. It was more of an All Japan style match, but it was that, it was that, it was the the Japanese fighting spirits type match. Pure slugfest. Yeah, just beating the absolute fuck out of each other. The the amount I know Brian's a vegan, but his chest looked like some fucking hamburger meat at the end of that match. Good God <laughs> Almighty! This was Beyond. so goddamn good. The the chops, the kicks, the forearms, uh, the the fucking cyto suplex on the floor by Kingston. Fucking Jesus. Kingston does a standing drop kick and gets a fucking standing ovation from the crowd. <laughs> like. <laughs> like th- they could have gone for hours and the fans would have been into it. Uh, this this rolled so goddamn hard. I was so happy watching this match. Uh, I, I didn't think I could be happier. Uh, I, I was just so fucking enthused watching this. D- yes, Danielson won. Danielson hits a triangle choke. Yeah. To which Kingston throws a middle finger in his face. And then and, passes out. And the, uh, uh, who, it was Knox refing it. Uh, yeah. Rick Knox did not actually count the pass out until the middle finger went down, which I thought yeah. was a nice touch. <laughs> uh, this ruled so hard. Uh, Danielson tries to show Kingston some respect with a handshake afterwards. Kingston walks away instead. And then we got more. Tony Schiavone backstage interviewing CM Punk. Talking about the big match against Bobby Fish, all that fun stuff. And in the background, you just hear in uh, his almost Tracy Morgan-esque bellow, <laughs> you hear Eddie Kingston just talking mad shit about, yeah. you know, the, the match out. being thrown out. He didn't pass yeah. out all these things. Uh, Ki- Kingston is getting angrier and louder, more audible. Punk's getting all pissed off. He says that uh, Kingston's unprofessional. Ask him if he wants to go to sleep again. So Kingston gets all up in Punk's ass. Here it slaps comes, the mic out of Shivani's hand. Yeah. Here comes fucking uh, uh, all these backstage people. Ruby Soho for some reason. Yeah. Who's going to do fucking nothing. Nothing uh, between those two. And uh, it looks like we're going to get a full gear match between CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. That's all you need to build a match, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That's all you fucking need. And I am there. And and I got to say, between 
all these segments <laughs> on these two shows. That amazing match. Eddie Kingston is... Rough House Podcast Wrestler of the Week. I'm, sorry, Double A. Yeah, sorry, Double A. Kingston won us over this time. Yeah, you had a good run, bud. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I could not be more hyped for this. What is particularly interesting to me is for as much as Kingston was a, a road dog in the indies, uh, not to be confused with D-O-double-G, but like you No, yeah, everywhere. let's never confuse those um, two. This would. This is the first time that Punk and Kingston will have ever had a match. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Now, the two of them have done commentary together <laughs> before, including the greatest commentary I've ever heard in my life, which was uh, uh, Kingston, Punk, and Dave Prezak doing the commentary of the Samojo Necro Butcher match, which oh. <laughs> watch us do commentary over, over on our Patreon. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, th- literally one of the best trios in a booth I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, first time these two are having a match, I think it's going to go great. I, I think it is it is such a, a, a perfect duo of guys who will have an awesome match against each other. Uh, I'm incredibly hyped for this. Yeah, no, uh, th- nothing else needs to be said. It's it's that that was it. It was a, a literal, two, not even two minutes to build to a match, and I'm frothing for it. So yeah. that's yeah. that's 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 good booking right there, bud. Yes, indeed. We had Dante Martin against Matt Seidel. Uh, it was the third match in their trilogy, <laughs> as we talked about earlier. It was supposed to be a tag match. Didn't quite happen. Um, I I thought this was very good. Uh, live reports were that this wasn't uh, very good, but I I thought it was a perfectly fine match. As Dante Martin continues to do things that make him look like fucking Spider Man in real life, I yeah, the, he puts together strings of moves that is it's just inhuman. I I don't understand how physically somebody can do that. Yeah, but. and 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 what's also interesting to me is some of it. There, there are guys like, you know, especially those who have followed sort of the template of a, a Ricochet and Osprey of yeah. trying to do these flip-based sequences where it doesn't look organic, where it's right. like, okay, I do this, then I do this, and then one, two, three, and then two, three, yeah. four. Like, you know, you can, you can see them doing the math. Dante's stuff feels natural. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, is really wild. Fluid. Um, you know, Sidal is definitely the right guy for him to get under the learning tree of in ring. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, Dante Martin ends up winning uh, with the double springboard moonsault. Very, very cool. Then we had for our main event the face to face between Abaddon and Britt Baker with Mark Henry moderating. Yeah, he's, he was all stumbles McGee on, uh, on Friday night. So, uh,. <clears throat> Mark Henry throws out the first question to Abaddon, asking her about how she's feeling for this match, to which point Abaddon growls and drools blood out her face. You know what? I respect the com- the commitment to the gimmick. I do. I 100% do. She's she's all in on it. Yeah. Abaddon has no interest in any level of vanity. Like, no. She, she's just fucking weird, and it's great. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they went over to, to Britt Baker for comments. Um, uh, Jamie Hayter and Rebel were painted up like zombies. Yeah. She's talking about, you know, how she's going to beat Abaddon, that sort of thing. They go back to the two shot. Abaddon's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Mark Henry with an almost Keenan Thompson-esque read is just like, 
well, Abaddon's gone, so... <laughs> and there's no more time for talk. Yeah. Time for the main event. It would have been better if he would have gone like, what's up with that? What's up with that? Yeah, or, or Lindsey Buckingham was there for no apparent reason. <laughs> um, so then we had our main event, which was a trick-or-treat no-DQ match. If Abaddon had won, she would have gotten a world title shot. She did not win, and this uh, was just <laughs> real fucking violent. Tables that did not want to break, uh, chairs and thumbtacks, including Abaddon taking a mouthful of thumbtacks, which uh, had to be not fun. I also yeah. loved the uh, extended moment where Britt was going to do the lockjaw and realized, hey, shoving my fingers into a zombie's mouth is not smart. Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's some good self awareness right there yeah. in, in the situation you're in. Um, yeah, but Britt, man, she has become like the queen of hardcore matches, like legit, like <laughs> especially these holiday themed ones. Because the last one was St. Patrick's Day, right? With right. Uh, with Thunder Rosa. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I was very 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 good. Much enjoyed it. Ab- Abaddon got a fucking donk for days just <laughs> hanging out in the back there but it was it was it was a little distracting to be honest with you <laughs> I, I do could, like the the, the bull nakano hair she's got going on these days i think that's a nice she had hair yeah yeah on top of her head mm-hmm. she had a head yeah yeah it turns out oh, okay turns out right. head and I face <laughs> yeah good now yeah there you go there you go bud Uh, Real quick, before we go, uh, next week on Dynamite, uh, it's a really good show on paper. Surprise, surprise. Uh, It is going to be Cody Rhodes versus Andrade El Idolo, Ana Jay versus Jayma Hayter, and John Moxley versus Orange Cassidy. And uh, on Rampage this week, we're going to be getting Adam Cole versus John Silver. Hell yeah. The Battle of the Budge. Yeah, I still don't. I still don't. I still don't get that. Uh, I don't really understand it either. And I try to watch BTE. That reminds me. Uh, about a half hour, they're supposed to post a special Halloween themed BTE. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, I know. It's gonna... You're, you're gonna be there the minute it premieres. Yeah, no, I'll be. Uh, well, I'll probably be pooping at that time either way, so it it works. <laughs> <laughs> food goes in. Food goes out. Food goes in. Food goes out. I'm it's new food them. pushing on old food, Marty. It's just what happens. It's the circle of poo. It just goes full burger time. <laughs> the Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House redos, and Rough House divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House, uh podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. Hey, y'all. Come on down to Jasper T. Hickenbottom's house, a haunted camping equipment. 
We hooked up Ray White with his special spectral lantern. Not just going to light up the woods when you're out shitting around a campfire with some buddies. It's also going to end summon some weird fucking poltergeist thing. Do you need a tent? Do you need a tent that sleeps too? How about a tent that summons hell spawn? That's right. Go ahead and set up this tent. And it's going to have a pentagram for him in the middle of the night. And all sorts of weird spawn-like fucking creatures will pull you down in the depths of hell during them cold wooded nights. You can't have a campsite without a campfire. But what about a campfire that summons some sort of weird impish demon to go ahead and peel your skin off while you're fishing? Fishing poles, you got it. That's not just a pole, it's also a fucking wand. Aim in the direction of the creek and all the fish will pop out and do a weird tap dance routine before exploding in a shower of aquatic gore. Come on down to Jasper T. Hickenbottom's warehouse of haunted camping equipment for all your haunted camping needs. We got thermoses that only seem to fill with spectral goo. We got sleeping bags made of human skin. And don't forget the classic Bray Wyatt Sister Abigail brand lantern. It'll show you the way to eternal damnation. Stop down today and see one of our executives, such as my assistant manager, Luke Harper. He'll kick you in the fucking face. Or ask our new intern, Mr. Rowan, where to find said haunted campment equipment. And he'll stare at you confusingly because he's a little slow in the head and tries to feed inanimate horses. Errands. You saw the promo. It's weird as fuck. Seriously, debut them already. We're fucking waiting and we're sick of the Dust Brothers and Usos. I'm tired of that shit. I'm going camping. Have you ever had a s'more try and rape you? Because we have rape s'mores. It's a weird haunted succubus s'more that will latch on to your fucking crotch while you sleep. Buy some shit.